Major Spoilers theme song. The Major Spoilers Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast, issue 1020. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and checking us out. If you didn't listen to the pre-show, you missed fantastic talk about Black Mirror and our favorite fruits and why you should never try to mix your Black Mirrors and your fruits together. Uh, but you can go right. check that out if you're a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. So general topic show this week means we're just going to ramble for a little bit. Everybody tends to enjoy these quite a bit. And uh, I do have one question, Matthew. Uh, mm. I saw a trailer for this and instantly thought you might be interested in it. Premiering April 19th on the good old mm. Netflix. It's Power Rangers once and always. So I, I don't know forward to this. I don't know if this is a series or if it's a movie. Uh, because if I, I look believe... at the IMDb, they say season one, episode one. But I could have swore the right. way the trailer presented it is that it's a movie. The way that I understand it, it is a special. Uh, so it's a one shot event. Yeah. Uh, but it commemorates uh, this year is the 30th anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. So they're bringing back and Yost what and Walter Jones. Yep. And Catherine Sutherland. Yep. And I don't know if Richard Stephen Horvitz was the original Alpha 5 or not. Uh, but yes, he's back. Stephen Horvitz was the original Alpha. Uh, they brought back the voice of Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name now. Yes, thank you, Barbara. But they are bringing back. And it's interesting to me because they're bringing back Zach, who was the first, the original Black Ranger. And yeah. Billy, mm -hmm. who was the original Blue Ranger. Right. Now, here's the thing that's important about that. The original Yellow Ranger, Tui Trung, did pass yeah. away it in died. 2001. Yeah. 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 And the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, passed away last fall. Right. And the original Red Ranger, Austin St. John, is currently either on trial or in prison for uh, fraudulent use of COVID funds. Mm. So probably not available. But Amy Jo Johnson says nobody even called her. Wow. Makes me sad. Yeah. That is surprising. Now, so here, here's my guess what what probably really happened. Because she's working on a couple mm -hmm. of like, isn't she working on a CBS show or something right now, I think? Um, my oh, guess is my guess is uh their agent her agent got a phone call and the minute the Power Rangers dropped, the agent's like, Oh no, she's not gonna go back to that stuff. And <laughs> she's too busy or not interested, and then never told her. Because that was the one surprise yeah. that I was like, I'm sure she would show back up for a power I mean, Rangers thing. Well, it it is weird because um the 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 people that have said are in it even if they're not in it like for the whole thing are mm -hmm. actually a lot of the second generation of power rangers right, right. like the steve cardenas is in it Kara, mm -hmm. uh karen ashley and uh, mm -hmm. i think the lady who was also a cat uh is yeah, maybe in it weird. Yeah. So Cat, uh, yeah, Cat Hilliard is is the the Pink Ranger. She yeah. replaced Amy Jo Johnson as Kimberly. Mm -hmm. So here's what Amy right. Jo Johnson um, said on her Twitter: uh, "Please stop saying I didn't do the reunion because of the money. Simply not true. Maybe I just didn't want to wear the spandex in my fifties, or couldn't go to New Zealand for a month, or none of your business." Uh, Jason David Frank mm -hmm. and I both chose not to for our own reasons. Uh, they filmed this before he passed. Oh, there you go. So I was incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, I do like the fact that Rocky is back. And Rocky, uh, Steve Cardenas, who plays Rocky, the second Red Ranger, and Cat Sutherland, who played Cat Hilliard, were both part of the 25th anniversary celebration a few seasons ago. Rocky and Cat and Tommy Oliver and several others uh, mm -hmm. came back for a 25th anniversary episode 
uh, and I think it was called like Countdown to Danger or something. But we we discovered that uh, Tommy has a wife and a son out there somewhere. So, but the thing that really got my attention uh, in the trailer that I saw was a specific word choice because we see we see David Yost, the original was Blue it I I versus I I I. No. Oh. And it, it was I, I, I versus yo, yo, yo. Alpha six had a Brooklyn accent and said, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. I remember no. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Trini, uh, Trini Kwan's daughter appears in the promo and says they killed mom. Yeah. Power Rangers never used the word kill or the word die. They always euphemized it as destroy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we destroyed the villain or we destroyed the creature. You never kill the creatures because a, most of them are artificial and B you literally can't say die. So I don't know. Um, this is on I'm This isn't uh, this isn't Fox afternoon. Uh, oh, TV God, show. No. and so. you know, Hasbro has really committed to this in a way that Disney didn't. And I think Saban yeah. wasn't, wasn't on board with Saban definitely wanted to make uh, you know, a middle school kids show and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a place for that. Disney didn't know what they wanted. And yeah. I feel like that the Hasbro seasons have been this solidly world. in that it could be both. It's for the kids, but there's stuff for the old people too. Yeah. Power like Disney having power Rangers was another of their many attempts to break into the boys market. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and then they don't know what to do with it, right? It's like it, it, it's the it's the thought process that gave us gargoyles and that had them buy Power Rangers and eventually has them buy Marvel, something that is like already mm-hmm. up and running, right? And they don't have to really mess with and will just lure boys in so they can sell them Captain America, uh, Disney and <laughs> Infinity figures. Yeah. The guys at my work office, and this is completely unrelated, but I want to mention it. The guys at my work office have been playing, I think, Marvel Smash or yeah. something on their phones. Yeah. I walked in this morning and I heard an argument over over Hitmonkey. Uh-huh. And one guy's like, Hitmonkey is great. And I'm like, okay. And the other guy's like, Hitmonkey sucks. And I'm like, I can't believe that we're still trying to make fetch happen with hit monkey well and but it's I am, probably I'm what they're talking what this. they're probably talking about is the power set that hit monkey has in the game and oh, is it good oh i sure. don't know i haven't unlocked that i haven't oh, okay. unlocked that card yet but i know that there are some characters that i will look at in in snap and say oh i really don't like this power set and i will never use this until i see somebody else actually use it the way it's supposed to be done and then it's right. like oh mm-hmm. yeah obviously that's the case so i'm gonna bet that that's yeah. the case with hit monkey yeah, I am a little bit bummed that from what I can tell, uh, Johnny Young Bosch is not going to be in costume. Johnny uh, is in the, I don't the know. episode, but not in in costume. I don't know if you paid careful attention to uh, the trailer, but uh, yeah, there's no way any of these actors are putting on their costumes because uh you, you look at the fight I mean. sequences and it's yeah, like they're oh, yeah, they're, they're very they're, they're very skinny uh people doing these uh flips and tumbles and then you cut to their close-ups when they're taking off the helmets and you're like that's not the same person oh sure remember blue turbo who went from an 11 year old kid to a full-grown yeah. man when you morph you're literally you're transformed but yeah and um i'm interested because i want to see 
first of all, David Yost left Power Rangers under very, very unpleasant circumstances. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I want to see if this is a show that really, you know, if it's something where I'm like, yep, they, they made, you know, David happy. They did something good. They really wanted it to be meaningful or they gave David enough money. <laughs> and so I'm fine with that. But yeah, David Yost and um, Walter Jones have not, as far as I can remember, ever been part of any reunion seasons. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody, everybody else in this episode who is or was a power ranger or is, or was a voice actor, like uh, the voice of alpha five has come back because uh, Horvats came back as alpha in the 15th anniversary episode forever red, which I thought was pretty kind of awesome because it brought all the red rangers Except for one, poor Rocky, uh, brought them all back together, yeah, and they but now you know, had all, the, all the Rocky stands get, uh, yes, get their fix now. Yeah. Well, you know, if He's Rocky was your Red Ranger, he is in this. Yeah. Who it knows? Looks if he like, uh, it anything. Looks like Billy Cranston has been doing walk on bits as, or I'm sorry, uh, Yost has been doing walk on bits as Billy Cranston in a number of, uh, Power Rangers stuff. There's a Power Rangers Rise of the Ninja where he played Warlord Vex. That was a TV mm. miniseries. And then Power Rangers Dino when Fury. Was that? When did that come out? 2021. And then okay. pa- Power Rangers Dino Fury, he showed up for one episode as Billy Cranston as well. Then let's see where else. Dino uh, Fury, I think is either the current season or the one that's just. Yeah, it's the one that's listed as 2023. Yeah, so, so I don't, yeah. I don't so know if that thing leads have, into this once and in, in, yeah, they must have made up a few a few years ago and said, "Hey, mm-hmm. uh, this well, this army marches on nostalgia." So, well, what do we have to do to make to, it right? He's yeah. been going to Comic Cons quite a bit because I remember he was at Planet Comic Con a few years ago. I don't know if there was a Power Ranger that showed up at this year's Comic Con or not. Uh, Planet Comic Con mm. was two weeks ago. I want to say. Um, I think they said that, um, oh God, I think they said that, uh, Frakes and, uh, they did make it were there. Yeah. They tend to have a couple of star Wars people, uh, there. I'm looking to see, uh, let's see celebrities look under celebrities. Here's who planet comic-con had this last time. Um, April boldly who's in doom patrol. Uh, Mm -hmm. let's see Rachel Lee cook. Oh, Josie and the pussycats. Mm hmm. Uh, mm. let's see. William Daniels from Boy Meets World was there. Richard Dreyfus. Mr. Feeney is still alive? Yeah, he, oh, he was there. God. He was there. Richard Dreyfus was apparently there on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I'm trying to see any. Let's see. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Jonathan Feeney Frakes. Jonathan Frakes Captain was there, Lee. as was uh, Giancarlo Esposito. He was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Jungle Boy Perry. For you wrestling mm-hmm. fans. An AEW wrestler. Uh, Diane Guerrero was there, also from Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Kramer. Uh, Alex Kingston, uh, Rodrigo's favorite character from Doctor Who. She had to I cancel mean, I don't have, I mean, I don't have a problem with Alex Kingston. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Elizabeth Maxwell was there. My Hero Academia. Um, let's see. Anybody else that pop- popped up there? Kevin Nash canceled. William Shatner yeah, appeared that- on Friday and Saturday. Oh, hey, Matthew, your cousin was there. Cassandra Peterson was there on uh, Friday and Saturday. 
That's that was yeah, nice. And awesome. Brett Spiner was there. Uh, let's see. Henry Thomas was there. No, they had no. Uh, they had no Power Rangers there this time. Rangers. Well, that's weird. They were probably all busy. Well, yeah. I'm you, looking at this this Rise of the Ninja thing. It looks like it may be related to the Ninja Storm season, but I can't quite tell where it falls because, like, I don't know. Weird. Have you guys watched um, this new animated series on Netflix? It's called Agent Elvis. No. Yes, I watched. I watched about half an episode of that the other day. I, and watched, I was just like, no, I'm out. Oh no, it's it's ridiculously good. I think that if you like Elvis. You like Elvis music and you like uh, maybe a combo between Archer and um, the what the, the Venture Brothers. That's what this show is. If Matthew McConaughey plays Elvis in 1968 and he is secretly being trying to be recruited by a secret organization who may or may not have uh, brainwashed him Manchurian candidate style uh, when he was in the army, uh, when he went to Korea. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the guys from Iron Man, is it Don Cheadle? I think Don Cheadle plays the big, the big heavy in the background controlling everything. Not Colonel Parker, yeah. but uh, the main guy. The command. Yeah. And then and just the voice cast is really, really cool. And, and, the, and the thing is, if you're like, oh, this is an insult to Elvis. Priscilla Presley is the, the executive producer on the show. She and apparently voices herself. Wow. Which yeah. I think is interesting. Yeah. I found it yeah. rather enjoyable. I watched the first episode and I was like, eh, okay, let me watch the second episode. And then I, it, it has quite a bit of chuckles. It's got a, a monkey, uh, that's always high, uh, and doing drugs and doing crazy things. Um, is his name hit monkey? No, it's not hit monkey, but he does carry a gun and he does kill a lot of people. So if you hit like monkey. that, oh, the other thing, maybe because you didn't get all the way through the first episode, I'm pretty sure the first episode is the one with Charles Manson in it. And so that mm. takes a that takes a trippy turn, and then the second episode features uh, Howard Hughes, and so they're mixing in like uh, real life personalities into the show as right. well. Uh, Dean Martin uh, appears briefly in episode one. I haven't gotten any further past the first two episodes, but I rather yeah. enjoyed it. So I, I I I did like Gary Cole's Nixon. Because I feel like Gary Cole has that voice that he can pull off a Nixon, but yeah, I'm just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I might give it another chance. Yeah. And if you liked it, that means that in a year I, or two, I laughed when I you've laughed. forgotten about it. Oh, I won't forget I will about probably, it. I will probably watch it and tell you, this is great. Why didn't you ever watch it? Watch it. You'll be you like, watch yeah, this no. And I'll say, no, I've watched it. It's kind of like uh, a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about, was well, a show that you watched and I was like, Oh, you finally watched it because I had talked about it uh, at length about how good it was when it first came out. And then it's like three years later, you finally watched it. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That could have been anything. That's like half See, our was, conversation. It, here's the thing. I was about to make a joke that it was twin peaks, but then twin <laughs> peaks has been relaunched. Yes. Right. And then, yeah. then I was like, no, I can't do twin peaks. And then the thing I jumped to was the X files, which has also been relaunched. Yeah. So it's like, I was trying to be like, oh, I need to make a joke of some like old show, but all old shows have like a Our new book. version or like a redone version. So like, Parker it, Lewis can't lose. yeah, it's uh welcome back. Cotter, maybe. Yeah, no, it was something, Ooh. it was something just a couple of years ago. And I can't remember if it was a movie or a TV show, 
But then Matthew was like, I oh, I finally was, saw it after Stephen talked about it a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, good. I'm, I'm pretty glad. sure it was a TV show, but I yeah. can't for the life of me remember what. I remember watching episodes of something. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. I'm also I'm catching up on how I met your father. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's a thing. I yeah. had a chance. I, uh, go ahead, Rodrigo. I was just going to say, I still haven't. I still haven't looked at it. Oh, OK. I had a chance to watch the brand new out today. Of course, I had a copy last week. The Doom That Came to Gotham, the newest uh, animated movie from Warner Brother Discovery Animation Studios. Mm-hmm. And I rather enjoyed it. Uh, of course, if you aren't familiar with The Doom That Came to Gotham as a three-issue prestige Elseworlds uh, miniseries from brr, 20 years ago, I want to say. Um, uh, somewhere say around 2000, there. so almost 25 yeah. years ago yeah. now. And it's written by Mike Mignola with, I think, art by, or maybe he did the art and someone else wrote it. But it's very much what if Batman in a Cthulian universe and what if uh, all of the his main villains have some part in a Cthulian thing. And the things that I liked about it is I think the animated movie, which is about an hour and a half long, I think makes a clearer. um makes clear the points of the comic book that weren't clear the first time. Like there's some bits that are like, okay, what are you really saying here? I think they really spell that out a lot better in the animated movie. And I Mm -hmm. think that they bring some of the creepy crawly stuff that you think of, uh, you know, cosmic horror stuff to the forefront. And so I thought that that was done very, very well. I like the mystery of, of Bruce trying to figure out, okay, what is my goal? What is my destiny as I come back to Gotham and how does it fit in the, in the, the grand scheme of these things mm-hmm. of the things I didn't really care for it. Again, this is probably a, a problem with every else world series that we've ever talked about is that they try to cram everything into this mm-hmm. new format. Like they did yeah. uh, Gotham by gaslight, the, the, the last Batman Elseworlds thing that they adapted. And I thought they did a really good job of that. And they didn't have to cram every Bat character in there. Granted, the way that this story was originally written, they had a Mr. Freeze. They had an Oswald Cobblepot. They had a Killer Croc, a Poison Ivy, a Harvey Dent, all of that stuff. And so they kind of had to put that in here. But I'm not sure they had to put everybody and everything in here. Um, so that, yeah. but that was okay. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't really bother me because I think that's one of the appeals of Elseworld is, oh, how are we going to make Oliver Queen interesting in this story that takes place at, during Prohibition? And it turns out he's like this ancient order of the Knights Templar kind of character uh, and plays mm-hmm. a role in the story. So it's like, okay, I can see leaving that in there. Thank goodness we didn't have a Wonder Woman or a Superman in this, but uh, we did have all the, the they- bat stuff. Mm-hmm. Did, did they keep uh, Raish and Talia? Because I felt like... Yeah, they're the main big bads the, in the story. Okay. Because the Talia in the comics just felt, ooh, eerie to me. I don't know. Oh, no, know. she's eerie here. They don't... Uh, so, you know, the cult is the uh, the serpent cult that uh, worships, right. uh, uh, you know, one of the elder gods, the, the outer gods. And right. there are moments where her eyes turn snake-like but they never reveal that she's like a snake person in disguise or anything like that. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, the demon Etrigan of course plays a big role in, in, in the thing. Uh, so you're cramming a lot of, of Batman stuff instead of Jason Todd, it's Sanjay Todd, T A W D E, which I don't remember if that's the way it was in the comic or not, or if he was just Jason Todd. Um, so that was, that was something that I don't remember from the original, if they made that, that change. 
Uh, the interiors on the original were someone else doing a Mignola pastiche, oh, okay. but doing it in more like a, a, I don't want to say graphic, but like, you know how the Vertigo style in the 90s had like very, very heavy outlines and it yeah, had like yeah. Yeah. specific inking. It yeah. kind of has that. Mm-hmm. I want to say that they did have Sanjay Todd in there, but it's okay. been a I tried to look today, but if you try to do a search, the doom that came to Gotham, all you're going to get is just the stuff about the, uh, the movie. Uh, so, and then, yeah, Etrigan plays a big, yeah, Etrigan plays a big part in the story. So he's in there. Uh, they have rhyming Etrigan though. They do have rhyming Etrigan. I don't think I have seen an Etrigan in an animated universe where he doesn't rhyme. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't think I've seen one either. Etrigan has been rhyming since 85 when Alan Moore had the idea. And yeah. I don't think he's ever I'm trying to rhyme think again. if doesn't Etrigan show up in Sandman, the television series, the first season. No, it's a different guy. Oh, it's a that, different guy. Like, Cause I was trying to think yeah, if they had him rhyme in that too. playing an Etrigan role. Yeah. But is he a rhyming yeah, demon yeah. too? Cause aren't, aren't all demons, especially in the, the way uh, Neil Gaiman approaches them. Aren't they all supposed to be rhyming demons or is that Alan Moore that they're all rhyming demons? Uh, the rhyming demons in Alan Moore stories are a specific, um, a specific level. Uh, so like okay. Etrigan didn't rhyme until he was promoted to the ranks of the rhyming demons, which is uh, why, okay. you know, when Kirby wrote him in the seventies, he didn't by 85, he had gotten, you know, his promotion promoted. in hell. Yeah. 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 I like the, the rhyming demon thing as, as that kind of classification of a demon, I guess. The yeah. the other thing that I was slightly disappointed in is that I really, you know, they have an animation style and granted the animation style in this Elseworlds is not the um, Man of Tomorrow look that they have going through their main continuity stories stuff. Although it's very close to a mix between that and the original Justice League type style. I was really hoping that they would have made this a Mignola style art. Cause I think that would have added at the very least yeah. added in the hard shadows, the hard shading, the super contrasty bits. Cause I think that would have added a little extra creepiness to this story. That being said in an hour and a half, they're still packing a ton of story into this that you need to kind of pay attention to just make sure you know where everybody's at and what they're doing, but it's still very enjoyable. So if anybody gets a chance to go check out the doom that came to Gotham, it's out today, March 28th. On digital, Blu-ray, 4K, UHD, uh, I'm sure it's on DVD as well, if anybody wants to pick that up. So uh, go go check it out. I, I give it a big thumbs up on that. Two-inch, eight-track. I don't know if you can get that. You may be able to get it on Laserdisc uh, if you want, but uh, I'm not I sure. Two-inch video with an eight-track. That's what I want. I uh, asked over on... Our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers at the first of March, first of March, I did a ask major spoilers. And then two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I provided a bunch of answers to the questions that popped up. But here's one that I thought would be great for the conversation today. And maybe you guys have some thoughts. I already answered mine over on the Patreon page. So um, I'll just provide commentary on what these uh, two guys say. But Bella Orr asks, what trends do you think have hurt or benefited the comics community? I'm not sure what comics community means. Um, well, I, I certainly storytelling or certainly I, I think, well, it doesn't say it's just comics community. So it can be looked at from 
Uh, certainly gatekeeping uh, tends to be the big thing. Comics gate is, I think, a, a thing that has hurt the comics community uh, greatly. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, just the, and, and I approached it from the aspect of the plethora of variant comics covers that are appearing today have me very worried that we're going to see a repeat of the nineties very soon. Mm, and that, that's kind of scary. So that's, that's something that I listed as something that I think hurts hurts comics right now i think i think for me the primary thing that i really dislike about comics is actually prevalent in most media right now and it's uh, what i like to call the one true thing um because in 2006 uh, jeff johns brought back barry allen the one true flash and proceeded to do nothing with him that you couldn't do with Wally West or even with Bart Allen. And I feel like people get really attached to this. And it's more prevalent now because we have these multiversal stories where even into the Spider-Verse, where we have uh, Spider-Ham, we have Spider-Woman, we have Miles, we have two different Peters, one of whom dies. It does feel like Peter B. Parker is treated differently than the other characters. Peter B. Parker in that story, granted, is one of the the veteran characters, but somehow it's like he's treated more as more legitimate or more meaningful uh, than the other spider people. Or, or, you know, if we look at like um, the Marvel Universe, and then we have the extremely successful Ultimate Marvel, but it's not the real Marvel Universe. So it gets blown up and flooded and destroyed and eventually is gone. But we have Miles, who's a really cool, awesome Spider-Man. But you still have people who's like, no, Peter Parker is the one true Spider-Man. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't feel like. Yeah, it, Miles you know, it all comes, it all comes down to our ancient battle cry of F continuity, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the issue is that like comics have two things going on. One uh, they're written by a thousand people, like each individual comic is written by 10,000 writers. And also, they really pretend to maintain this ongoing continuity that is both, you know, sort of like vertical and horizontal, right? Not only through time and the past, but also laterally with every other comic from that imprint. Um, <laughs> these are all like th- th- this is all a lie but everybody pretends like that's the case and it continually causes things that are just story problems or character problems and it creates things like that because there is because batman has this legacy from that comes all the way from 19 the 1930s all the way to today you can't have an ongoing successful comic in which you have dick grayson be batman Right. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they're gonna dial it back to Bruce Wayne Batman because um, it, like, you can't just have that replacement. And in places where the replacement has worked, mm-hmm. um, are are like almost worse about that. Right. It's like the yeah. both both the Flash and Green Lantern, like like the the ones that are get rid of a bull now are are not the first Flash and Green Lantern. Um, right. But 
they're the ones that really stuck at some point and people are like okay well since they were like the ones that like maybe they're not the originals original ones but they're like the ones that like codified the character right, um, the we need to go back to those and and a big part of why people feel we need to go back to those is that continuity is that history and it's like if we were just writing like it's like okay here's a new volume of the flash it does not assume that anything that has ever happened on the flash or any other dc comic is true. There's a brand new story of the Flash. The Flash could be any character. His adventures could have anything to do with any DC characters that they have access to, blah, blah, so on and so forth. Nobody would care if that was specifically Barry Allen. Um, but right. it's that that legacy just creates this huge weight around all these characters. And to not go back to, quote-unquote, the originals makes people feel bad because of it. Yeah. And I think that's why we are also getting, you know, some of the things that are positive about it. Like, I don't know, the the bits that I loved about the DC online or TV series, The Crisis on Infinite Earth bits were the moments of this story that you remember and love. Yep, that totally actually happened. So we we have a moment where, God help me, I was just like, oh, my God, that's Robert Wool. He played that one meaningless character in the Tim Burton 1989 Batman movie. Yeah. I, we're, I think we're all nice. guilty of it, but I, I I just feel like it's it's an overall negative. There was a point in time where, and don't, don't get me wrong, there was big hate for Kyle Rayner, but there was a point in time where it felt like the corporate entities or the the editorial entities were willing to make changes, were willing to do things that progress the story differently. And even though Stan Lee said, it's about the illusion of change. Stan took Peter Parker from being 16 to being a college yeah. student in the space of six years. Those early Spider-Man stories aren't exactly in real time, but Peter Parker does grow, you know, in the, the first five or six years of Spider-Man, he grows about five or six years. So, Well, and that's what happens when you have like one person writing that book, right? When you don't have to have that hard reset when you hand it off to another writer. Well, and that's why yeah. I think, you know, you can look at a Dan Slott Spider-Man run and see that it's really consistent throughout uh, because of that. And I mean, you know, that particular thing is a good example of where you can do things like this. You can play with this, but you can also have that moment of. Uh, Dr. Octopus has taken over Peter's brain and every in universe, people are like, Oh, Peter Parker is the one true Spider-Man. And the story is all about how that's not actually true. And even a schmuck like Otto Octavius can be a good Spider-Man as long as he understands what the Spider-Man is about. And I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, we get people rejecting stories or you know new characters just make a new character well and then and when you make a new character they're like well that new character is stupid well which is it well and that's because people tend to reject change quite a bit and, well, and i mean don't i like reject that. change as much or more than anybody else but you know what i still like these new takes you know well, I, I'm, I'm interested in uh jay garrick now i don't know if you guys knew this jay garrick has a daughter but thanks to time travel shenanigans, nobody knows, including Jay Garrick, that he had a daughter. Mm. And this is a character. I think who his is wife being, might remember. 
No, she doesn't remember. Neither of them remember having a baby uh, because there's some tiny, wimey hashtag time travel shenanigans involved. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I kind of want to see that. And people are like, well, well, what about new characters like Ms. Marvel? Ms. Marvel is almost 20 years old. Deadpool sure. is 30 years old. Harley Quinn is 25, 30 years old. So. Uh, but but those are the examples of new, quote-unquote, new characters that have made it in, right? But right. That, that's what people don't get, is that for a new character to catch on, they are competing with every other new character that has been created, right? And when yeah. when all of those new characters, out of all of those new characters, like, you know, uh, half of them are white and half of them are dudes... Uh, and then everything else, like everyone else is like some combination of not that. Um, it like all of those characters are still actively competing with each other, right? Yes. Um, they're like, okay, we'll make a new character. It's like, you guys remember that? Or I want to say it's like a Teen Titan, like named Bunker. Yes. Is Bunker uh, still Bunker. around? Probably not. Yes. Bunker oh, is, is it? around. Oh, that's good. But, well, um, the recent Teen Titans Academy run had him as a member of the Teen Titans field team. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about the Teen Titans field team. Sure. It was about Dick and the other original Teen Titans. Yeah. Teaching new kids. And that's and that's the deal, right? It's yeah. like these characters as a, a lot of these characters don't stick. And your Miss Marvels, your Spider Gwens, your um you know, even your like your sideways. Yeah, e even your like bat wings and and other characters like that stick because like like it's uh, unusual and kind of incredible that they stick, right? Yeah, a lot of the time, and it comes down to you know great illustrators, great writers, and like the specifically perfect point in time where all everything comes together so that those characters get that big break and then they get that push from the publisher and from everybody else um that go that is true for every new character but that is doubly true and doubly more necessary for characters that are queer for characters that are people of color for and and even for just for women characters yep cool uh what else is going on um mm. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are teaming up with the Power Rangers again in comics. And, yeah, uh, uh, Mighty yeah, Morphin Power Rangers, that. Mighty Morphin Power yeah. Rangers slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two number four, I think, is out this week. Four I think it's about, four. About to come out. Yeah, yeah, that comes out uh, today. I think uh, Wednesday. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that looks pretty interesting. I I think I remember uh, reading the first series, but I have not picked up this one uh, at all uh, to see what I kind of shenanigans they're up to. I do love one thing about this series. It treats not only that first crossover as canonically having happened in some universe where Angel Grove and New York both exist and mm -hmm. the turtles exist. It presumes that in between they continued having a relationship. Yeah. They continued hanging out. So when we get to the first issue of T, uh, TM and TM and PR two uh, dot, 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 we get the moment where, uh, Leonardo and Jason are hanging out. They're literally just hanging out, practicing their swordsmanship and talking about how hard it is to lead a group. And Leonardo is like, how do you deal with, you know, this guy that you love him like a brother, but he's this complete 
out of control, psycho kind of individualist. And he's like, well, let me tell you what I did with a guy named Tommy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really nice. There are these, these moments that I really appreciate. And they officially got the turtles, their own morphers mm-hmm. that can only yeah. be used with the Rangers. So in the previous series, they actually, they recoded the existing morphers to work for the turtles. So now the boys have their own morphers so they can morph and work alongside the power Rangers. Yeah. So you get to have these great moments of like Billy and Donatello, both as a Tricera Ranger out together and just nerding it up and having such fun. I'm like, yeah, I like, I like it. I'm over on the major spoilers website. And because of the conversations that we had on our pre-show and because of the sites that I was looking at, uh, now all of my ads are for this company. So Rodrigo, if you are in the need for a cherry Moya fruit, AKA the custard apple. Wow. Chimoya is rare. Mm-hmm. You can get an eight pound oh, box okay. of that for $169. Okay. Uh, if you would like a do, five pound box, $120. Yeah. Do they have, do they have any uh, prickly, I, I, prickly, prickly pears pear. are pretty easy to get. You could get them. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. that hard to get. Yeah. No, that's just a, what is that? The cactus. Uh, yeah. It's like the cactus, uh, cactus fruit. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty what's easy what's to get, especially if you're Cher- in the Southwest. Is Cherimoya the one where the seeds are poisonous? I don't know. Uh, there's lots a- of plants where the seeds are poisonous, but uh, Cherimoya looks like uh, looks like a soccer oh. ball green because it's got these weird hexes all over. It's like scales. On oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I can't. The inside of a Cherimoya just triggers my trypophobia. Well, that's why you oh, probably yeah. don't they- want to have. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm surprised the outside doesn't trigger it because they're yeah. pretty textured. Yeah. Um, the outside, I, I don't know what color that is. Oh, green, yeah. But the color of it is distracting enough that because sure. there's there's certain ranges of like green and or orangey gold that are the same thing to me. And I'm looking at them and the part of my brain is going, I don't know what that is. So it kind of distracts me from the. Yeah. Yeah. The so you made, like a, a of you made a bit of a color color blindness gaff uh, recently on the Legion clubhouse, Matthew, where you were like, Oh yeah, Steven, you wear, uh, uh, where you said, I wear cargo shorts and those blue shirts, like the home Depot guys wear. And I was like, mm, yeah. no home Depot guys wear, you know, orange, <laughs> orange shirts. Well, you know, it's not, I didn't call you. Make fun of my disability. You waited until today to call exactly. you. Out. I waited. I waited yeah, till so, now. A couple of weeks, so you didn't. You you weren't a jerk. That's awesome. No, That's I'm just pointing go. out before anybody else does. So okay. I don't. I don't get a lot of guavas, which I also like. I don't yeah. get a lot of like. Let's see what they got. It, guava here. Itaya is pretty rare too. Guavas are the green ones that look like look like pink. little apples. Yeah, they look apples like apples or apple pears. Watermelon inside. You can get a you can get a pink guava box for seventy bucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Guavas uh, also have lots of little seeds. You can inside. get the tamarillo for fifty bucks. Yeah. Watermelon guava guavas? for ninety bucks. That's the one that looks more like a papaya. Guavas and papayas. I really only know from juices Drinks, and yeah. episodes of Gilligan's Island. Because uh, the island had guavas and papayas, but since the show was in black and white, I have no idea what a guava or a papaya looked like. Oh, sure. So I don't know if you guys ever are into Alex Segura. He works for a bunch of different companies, also a very accomplished writer. His most recent book, which I've reviewed on the show before, is uh, Secret Identity. 
And it is about mm-hmm. a woman working in a comics, uh, imaginary comics company in the 1970s called Triumph Comics that is going through some ups and downs. And certainly they don't think a woman can write comics. So she secretly creates this comic called The Legendary Links. And in order for it to be published, she has to go in with this guy. The guy is murdered and she's kind of left with no credit on this comic. And so it's like, well, I can't just because she was doing all the writing. The guy was just signing his name so that Mm -hmm. it could get published. And she's like, well, I can't just go into the boss and tell him that I'm the one that's writing this or it's going to it's going to be a huge controversy and everything. And so there's this whole mystery where she's trying to figure out who, who did the murder and whatnot. But in the actual book itself, if you buy the print copy, they actually have excerpts from this 19 imaginary 1970s comic book mm-hmm. about great. the legendary links. And it was popular enough that uh, it looks like image comics, actually their imprint syzygy is going to actually print a comic book series with nice. the legendary links. So that's pretty that's cool. fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I've I'm, I'm always sort of like um, I'm fascinated by, and always sort of like tempted to do something that is kind of like that, that where you're like, putting something as like a fictional history that exists mm-hmm. within like this larger movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty difficult. You guys have seen a mighty wind, right? Yes. Yes. So yeah, a mighty wind is, I think a, like an incredibly bold way of doing it, of just being like, not only were these kids were like these characters, part of folk music, uh, back in the day, but they're like the only characters we're going to talk about, right? They're not like, I mean, they do mention other singers and other stuff that was going on, but it's mm-hmm. like they just create this entire fictional yeah. uh, history of, of folk um, that was mm-hmm. happening at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it's, you know, by the end of the movie, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter that it's made up. Um, right. But then you take a step back and you're like, oh, my God, all of that was made up. All the songs were written for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really an accomplishment. So I think a lot about that sort of thing and why some things take and some don't. I, I think there's definitely been plenty of like historical things where it's like, ah, this character is here during prohibition and trying to do this and that. And it just yeah, kind of like doesn't Forrest Gump. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, yeah. a lot of the time it kind of doesn't feel right, or it doesn't seem like they've like fully committed to mm-hmm. like the fake history. Right. I think or inside, they haven't done their research. And, I think yeah, inside yeah. Llewellyn Davis does a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. About That's the an folk interesting singer. one. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one though, because you do look at inside Llewellyn Davis and there are moments in there where I'm just like, Oh wow, that feels like an anachronism. And you know, when that happens to me, I go look it up and it turns out they're not. Yeah, they've yeah. actually they've done their things so well that well and that's I actually had to go and find out that it's not an anachronism. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things about secret identity is because Alex has been in the comics industry for so long and worked with so many great yeah. people and knows all of the inside stories. As yeah. you're reading about these characters at Triumph Comics, you can go, Holy crap, he's talking about Steve Ditko or Holy crap, he's talking about this comic creator or sure, this sure. editor or this person in comics. And then there's also, you know, he's also including real history, like when uh, the, the title character goes to a convention uh, in New York and, and interacts with people. Uh, it, it's very fascinating. So if you get to read the actual textbook, I would recommend it because it does have some excerpts from the quote unquote comic book in there. Uh, I found I listened to audiobooks, so I found when I listened to this, I was like, oh, how are they going to treat this? And they do it very well. It's very much like 
uh, someone is describing the comic panel to you. And then if there's dialogue or anything that goes on, they have the, the person doing the voice do the voice of those characters. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool to do it in the audiobook. but I'm kind of looking forward to the legendary links that is coming. I want to say in June ish, because we're right at the, uh, the solicitations time. So I want to right. say it's probably who's, coming in June. Who's doing the interior art. Cause I'm seeing like stuff online that, seems to be related but i think that the names that we're seeing are the fictional names yeah so if you're seeing like uh carmen uh, valdez she is the carmen character valdez, in, Doug yeah Detmer. yeah so yeah. those those are the fictional people in the in the book right so i'm so I know very uh so uh <laughs> sandy gerald is drawing as doug D- uh, detmer okay so that is who that is. And then I'm guessing Alex Segura is the writer on this. So, cause he oh, would know excellent. on that. That is, that is always weird when you're like, aha, this is an in universe thing, but you know, it I wrote becomes it, a real, but it's like but, from a, yeah. Yeah. yeah I just like love a, that. They're just leaning into, Oh yeah, this is a triumph comics comic, you know, that defunct company from 1970. And this is the actual Carmen Valdez, you know, character writing this. And it's like, wow, that's like, almost feels like ultimate cosplay in a, in a sense, right? Where yeah. you're, you're making it a reality uh, just by dressing yes. it up that way. So I think that's, have cool. you seen Sandy Gerald's Legion of superheroes? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Bits? No. Oh, they're wonderful. He basically has taken all of the Legion couples and he has them dancing like 60 style dancing. Mm. So there's like a really cool shot of Starboy and dream girl. And then Monel and shadow Lass. And then you get, you know, your shrinking violet and lightning lass. It's really neat. But then you do get to the point where Bouncing Boy and his wives are there. And then the last picture is Chameleon Boy and Prody. Yeah. Uh, you know, the like, are they be. dating? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they now, do. he's a Chameleon Boy is just that guy that when he gets to the party, he's like, okay, I'm just going to hang out with the dog. Right. Right. He's, he's Rodrigo at the party. Yep. That's me at a party, actually. Uh, 100%. Dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, obviously, we, we tend to enjoy crossovers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. We talked about this comic, and I'm pretty sure Matthew has reviewed it at least once on either the Major Spoilers website or the podcast, Money Shots, uh, about these uh, this uh, space crew that goes into space, and in order to earn money, they make uh, adult films in, in space. Uh, created by Tim Seeley, the new series, which comes out in, again, I think June. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, April 26th is when it comes out, the new series. Uh, doing a crossover with erotic comic star Cherry. Cherry mm. pop star coming and joining the crew of Money Shots. So uh, I find that as an interesting crossover. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Wow. Here's here's the interesting thing. There's this quote from uh, Vault Comics. Vault Comics is the one putting this out with uh, editor in chief uh, Adrian Wassell or Wassell uh, saying, uh, quote, erotica has always been an integral part of comics. The history of erotica comics is rich and lovely, a story of artists rebelling against shame and bigotry, demonstrating in the pages themselves and the audiences they found the beauty exists in sex and romance of all sorts and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I totally understand and get what you're coming. I don't really have a problem with erotic comics, but mm-hmm. uh this week on the morning stream, Scott Johnson has been playing the Diablo four beta and really enjoying the heck out of that. So I said, okay, how about if I do like 
uh, five recommendations for horror comics. And so I talked about, you know, uh, Incredible Hulk, uh, the Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, Something's Killing the Children, and some other ones. And Scott asked this question, uh, do you think that we're going to see more of this in the future? And like, well, there's been a lot of scary comics, horror comics, gothic horror comics um, has become more and more of a trend. And I think every publisher is dabbling in horror comics. DC has like a uh, um, head full of baskets. They did that one. They also did, uh, what is it? The house on the lake or the mm-hmm. big, big house on the lake, small house on the lake, whatever it is. And now Sergeant rock and the, uh, versus the army of the dead or whatever it is. It's not, it's by Bruce Campbell, but it's not called army of the dead. And I said, yes, I'm sure that there is a huge resurgence of these kinds of scary comics and they're going to become more and more mainstream and people are going to get more and more in their faces. But I said, if history is an indicator, this could also be a big problem for the comic companies because we are getting into a place politically in the landscape where all somebody has to do is turn their eye towards money shots and, and uh, cherry pop star. And we are right back into the worth of era of, uh, uh, of demonizing comics and burning comics and, and that kind of stuff again. So on the one hand, I'm all for this stuff. But on the other hand, I'm like, eh, I hope people are reading the room correctly because the way the politics are swinging we could see a whole new uh, rebirth of the comic code authority very soon. Uh, it's definitely a worry. I feel like the, I'm thing not telling that, people to tone it down. I'm just saying, make sure you're aware. No, I, I think the thing that's probably going to mitigate it somewhat is that, uh, and it hurts me to say this, the comic book industry is incredibly irrelevant. Um, oh, sure. They yeah. sell, you sell like 3000 copies of an erotic comic per month. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I also feel like there, there's definitely something to that worry. Uh, I won't, I will absolutely not say that, you know, you're not seeing something down the pike that absolutely happens. Well, and I'm not specifically you know, talking erotica month. comics. I'm also talking about the horror comics, right. and the, the, the vampires horror and the werewolves. And, yeah. And the the LGBT comics and anything yeah. that involves a person of color. I mean, these things can obviously easily happen. Um, I'm hoping, and I, I am hoping that you know it's it's the the side of Stephen that is erring towards the paranoid. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm just saying. Going, hey, I guess my 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 caution is. Hey, guys, this is definitely going to happen. No, I'm getting to the. What I'm saying is, we have seen when eerie comics and you know creepy comics and all of these kind of comics were becoming a very very huge thing and the last time that they were a very very huge thing and there wasn't any control over the comic industry the government came in and said uh we think we should take control of your industry and then the comics industry said no 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 we will do the comic code authority and sure enough as the comic code authority uh goes away 15 years ago we are now seeing well not 15 but 10 years ago we are seeing Slowly, those types of comics start to move back up into the mainstream and getting a lot of public eye and a public attention. And all it takes is one million mom march group to start mm. rattling chains. And then the next thing you know, yeah. why don't we think about the children? The, oh, it's not because the they're harmful to the kids. It's these comic books. Yeah. The thing about that is, though, that it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Hmm. It, when. Yes, when comics were uh, in that when, stage, millions of comics were sold each month. Well, I, I don't mean that. I mean, when they run out of things to scandalize people about, to distract them from real issues, 
um, you know, politicians will may turn to comics, but they don't need to do anything that severe. They they could go and look at any comic that has a trans person that's already mm-hmm. been put out. There's yep. lots of those. Um, and they can be like, this comic from 2004 is like offensive to me. Let's get everybody in here and get them to testify before Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter, right? It's like your comics could get sexier and your comics could get scarier. Um, but if they're like, uh, this comic features a, like this comic features a talking dog. Do you, I'm sorry, uh, writer of this comic. Do you believe that talking dogs exist? Well, there's um, one across. Are you the, trying? There's one that lives in the apartment across from me that keeps telling me to kill everybody on the subway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it really doesn't matter what the actual content of the comics is. There already are comics that are out there right now that, oh, yeah. are, of course, by themselves are completely harmless. But that could just create yeah, a and huge so, scandal but see right? that's the that's the part right it's like yeah there are these things that were out there and they were fairly scattered but the moment that there starts to become this growing trend of this mm-hmm. that's when someone's going to pay attention and i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm just saying hey uh don't be surprised if it does happen because we've been here before also rodrigo yep. uh tropical mango box for only 88 bucks tropical wow mango you well, how many mangoes purchase? do you get Buy uh, all the mangoes. What, just what kind of away. mangoes or how much? Uh, no, 12, to 16, how 12 to 16 mangoes. Yeah. See, that's too many mangoes um, because I would be the only one who eats them. My wife mm-hmm. wouldn't eat any. Uh, mm-hmm. The dog's not allowed to have mango. Mm-hmm. Half of them um, would go bad. You'd yeah. It's just so many of them would go bad or I would have to like eat so many mangoes that it would like flip and now I would hate <laughs> mangoes and I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that for Join me. Us. Yeah. Uh, oh, what is this? What is this? This looks like a oh a fresh papaya box for only eighty nine dollars. Five yeah, to see six. That one. Five to six papaya. See that one? No thanks. I actually don't love papaya. Um, papaya. I think it's uh, it's definitely fine if you like throw it in a blender and pour a bunch of sugar in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of all of the tropical fruits that I don't get to see very often. Um, Papaya is the one I miss the least. How do you feel about a red banana box for 79 bucks? Eight pounds of red bananas. I oh, don't think I I've ever had red bananas. Red bananas. Now, if they were on the outside, I don't know what I, they, I guess they kind of look like plantains on the outside. Yeah, but I don't I, think they don't it, have one peeled. So I can't tell you what it looks like on the inside. Yeah, I don't think they're plantains. That must be something else. Like, yeah. I am not familiar with red bananas. I don't know where they're from. Yeah. Uh, red here's bananas a, are like a specific thing. Like, well, yes. n- no, 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 no. The, <laughs> like the out, the outside of the banana is red and the, yeah. the, like the banana meat is kind of orangey. Sure. Okay. But literally, I mean, red bananas, I think don't taste any different. They don't they're taste like different. The same thing. Yeah. They're just like purple skinned bananas. Oh yeah. Well then no, that sounds like paying way too much for it. Yeah. Um, we, you can find plantains around here. I just, yes. Don't usually buy them because I'm like, okay, am I going to buy these and wait for them to mature and then fry them? Um, I hate to like miss the window, so uh, a lot of the time I'm just like, eh, I'll I'll make I'll make plantain some other time, and then I never get around to it. Because again, uh, like my wife doesn't like sweet stuff in general, um, except she, for you, right? Uh, I mean, that's why we're married. <laughs> um, okay. She. 
She likes old sour things. That's why. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why she and I are friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I made plantains or anything like that, which, you know, even if you don't put sugar on them, that's the whole point, right? The plantains are like super starchy. So when you cook them, they, that, that all turns into sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if she'd like them. And then I'd have like, I'd have to eat a whole thing of fried plantains. And although fried plantains are probably not as bad for you as like French fries or whatever, if I have to eat an entire bunch of plantains that I fried, that's probably not going to be good for me. So oh, yeah. I ended up not doing will, uh... it because I'm like, what am I going to do? Buy one plantain and then fry that? I mean, you could, but. I guess I could. That is the nice thing about being able to buy things by weight. Is like, ah, thank you. I will pay 37 cents for this one plantain. A yeah. single plantain. So usually yeah. at this point in the show, we are thanking our patrons, a new patrons who have signed up this week. Unfortunately, we have no new patrons in this oh. past week. So uh, oh. I could I could uh, rattle off some more prices for fruit that you can get from this company that we found online. Or you can get over to patreon.com slash major spoilers <laughs> today and you can become a patron and then we can afford what do we got here what do we have a 49 dollar box of tamarillos tree tomato box uh so um, if you like tamarillos? tamarillos they look like I thought they were like little cigars they look like those are cigarillos <laughs> uh it looks like on the outside an elongated apple but on the inside it looks like a blood orange okay elongated am, apple yeah. is my favorite member of the justice league I am not familiar with tamarillos. Well, they're cheap because they're only 49 bucks. Yeah. Nobody's familiar with tamarillos. I I wonder if that's like a called the. It's also called the tree tomato. Oh, still haven't heard of them. Okay. (laughs) What are the, what are the green, what are those green uh, things? Tomatillos. Oh, tomatillos. Okay. Yeah. 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 Those are just green tomatoes. Yeah. So you can, we can continue this talk or you can go to patreon.com slash major spoilers. And uh, we never have to mention these tropical fruits yeah, ever it's again. A, it'd be a real shame oh. if there was more fruit in your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, hey. I, I just like the idea that at, like invasive species now, all of Steven's <laughs> like Google ads, wherever yes, he goes, are just going to be f- full of like pitayas and like guavas. Uh, these, these Google, these Google ads that are being served up. Ah, it is the kudzu of all uh yep. of all ads on websites uh godzilla oh. apparently matthew has been around for a long long time godzilla yeah, like here there be no godzilla here there be dragons from idw publishing uh takes you all the way back to the 1500s when the pirates have to deal oh. with godzilla yeah hmm. yeah. yeah definitely the the american yeah. the new american godzilla uh continuity has Godzilla being around since before the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. In the 1500s, before humanity had successfully traveled the entire globe, it was believed that monsters ruled the oceans just beyond the horizon. Here, there be dragons, was written on maps to denote the areas people dared not go. That is, until Sir T- uh, Francis Drake circumnavigated the seas, visiting foreign lands and collecting treasures. Or, at least that's what history tells us. The truth is, tremendous beasts <laughs> did lurk yonder, dwelling on an island that doesn't appear on any map, even to this day. And among Monster. those monsters was the king of them all, Godzilla. That is uh, Godzilla versus Pirates uh, coming soon from IDW Publishing. The art looks really cool. 
Uh, I kind of so. like the sound of that, but I, I feel like we also have to point out that uh, Ishiro Honda created him in 1954. So this and is Naki Miranda doing the art on this with Frank Thierry uh, writing the series. It's uh, going to be a, is it a four Ooh. issue minis? I think it's a four issue mini. So there you go. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else? Any uh, other things that you guys have seen in and around the pop culture verse that you want to talk about? Cool. Rodrigo, are you um, still playing uh, Fire Emblem? I am still playing Fire Emblem. Yeah, I'm uh, probably about halfway through my four and a half playthrough nice. of Fire Emblem Engage. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It it has a lot of room for um, like mechanical expression. Like you can take characters and change them into different things and give them different abilities to get them to function in a different way mm-hmm. uh, than that was intended and of course it's all intended like the game has these things in there for you to discover um but yeah it's 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 a lot of fun um i'm definitely not playing it as often as i was before but whenever i get you know a good solid span of time i like to sit down and tell this unit to go over here and tell that unit to go over there yeah <laughs> I, I don't want to uh, talk bad about a certain company that uh, we tweet on regularly called twitter but Mm-hmm. Every every Tuesday, I put up uh, sneak peeks on the Majorspoilers.com website. You can go and check out most of the comic books that are coming out the week and see several pages from the interiors to decide if that's what you want to buy or not. I don't know if you guys have ever taken a good long look at Dynamite Entertainment and some of the covers that they that they put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? sometimes they have uh, sometimes they have some sexy ladies on them. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they have uh, sometimes they have the 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 characters in cosplay. Uh, cosplayers will dress up as vampirilla or red sonia or whatever but sometimes it's just the art and three mm-hmm. weeks ago i think it was a vampirilla cover and it wasn't even the most risque cover uh that i put and so it tweets out when it tweets out the the sneak peek it says hey uh dynamite entertainment send us this sneak preview of vampirilla blah 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 and it also posts the cover with it everybody's seen it because you all follow major spoilers on twitter uh sure. that afternoon twitter strike this post has violated the 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 terms of Twitter service, I, I guess because it was too scantily clad or whatever. Mm. And uh, they said, you can appeal this. And I replied back to them. It's an effing comic book cover. And then I've <laughs> never heard anything since then. So, yes, uh, sexy comic book covers can get your uh, Twitter account flagged. Yeah, right. Twitter, it, it's interesting to be on Twitter right now because, like, I've I've been on Tumblr, and I was on Tumblr back before the last exodus where they took away porn and a lot of people left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, it always felt like Tumblr was, like, a place that was being held up by, like, like a, a website that was being held up by, like, bubble, like chewing gum and, like, shoelaces. Mm-hmm. And, and that felt fine you know it's like oh i want to do this with tumblr it's like you can't like it it can't handle that it's like okay fine Mm -hmm. uh seeing twitter which was originally a site that like a website that worked pretty well and that was like continually actually being improved Mm -hmm. um and seeing where it is now it's is like a lot it's weird because again it's like one thing to go someplace where it's like oh the team is not up for this right i think tumblr is doing this fine now yeah yeah. But on, on Twitter is like, oh yeah, they had this in the bag 
And then somebody came in and dumped out the bag. And now they're just like looking around like Velma for her glasses for like <laughs> all the functionality that Twitter had. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't have it anymore. Like I'm constantly shown tweets that I've already seen mm-hmm. um, and that I've seen like every day this week and they just keep getting pushed up. And I'm like, it's fine that you're trying to do this thing where like you're showing me the most popular tweets that's fine but i've already seen these and i've already liked some of them the the machine should know that i've already seen them and should move on Mm. to the next thing and try to sell me something else but it doesn't yeah it's just like weirdly twitter is like weirdly broken right now but there are still so many people here that just like the mass of people that i follow and also that are still on twitter are like propping it up i think yeah Um, oh yeah once it breaks enough and people start to leave more, because some people have already left. Yeah, we'll find um, out in 20 days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a box, a small box of long gone fruit, uh, also known as the <laughs> dragon eye fruit. 70 right. bucks, three pounds for a small, small box. 70 bucks. Uh, so it's the, the Godzilla pair. Yeah, it's, uh, it says that, uh, have you ever tried a dragon eye? Not the real thing, of course. Ha ha ha. Uh, they are, they are succulent, sweet, and incredibly juicy. When you bite into the translucent flesh, it feels like it melts in your mouth. It is a cousin, Matthew. You would not like this because it is a cousin of the lychee and the, the Rambutan, uh, translucent flesh is a great horror movie. Yeah. 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 It comes from the soapberry tree. Yeah. I'm not, not familiar with those. Um, although, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, right? Because it's like, it doesn't have to be a native, uh, like a North and central and South mm-hmm. American fruit mm-hmm. for me to have like experienced it. Cause of course mangoes aren't right. Yeah. Mangoes were brought from Asia to mm-hmm. the Americas. So yeah, there's a lot of cross pollination, but no, I've, I've never eaten really? a long gun. Here's, but I mean, the lychee, so yeah, it's probably the same or close to it. Yeah, here's what this company, I'm not naming the company specifically because we're not giving them free advertising, but here's what the company says is currently in season. The pink glow, pink pineapple. Okay. They made that up. Uh, the <laughs> guanabana fruit box. Uh, Matthew, nope, you probably don't want to look at those because that'll oh, trigger yeah, I know tryptophobia. Yeah, I know guanabanas. The purple mango steen, which kind of nope, looks like, no, these are real things. Uh, Dr. Let's see. Mangosteen. Oh, they have a, 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 a cocoa fruit box, a like the raw like little lobster. Uh, what is it? Cacao uh, is, like is cacao? a box. Yeah, cacao. 89 bucks down from uh, 120 bucks. Uh, the okay. yellow dragon fruit. Also, Matthew, avoid the yellow dragon fruit. They have the tropical avocado. The yellow dragon fruit. I mean, <laughs> they have it's a tropical avocado box, five of them for 60 bucks. What kind of avocado? The tropical avocado box. These are the ones that yeah, are as big I as bet your you head. Those, yeah, those are probably like the smooth avocados. Oh, yeah. These are the ones yeah. that are as big as your head. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're looking, so just as a, as a PSA, if you're looking at that and you're like, whoa, look at this giant avocado, um, I'm going to get some. Do know that it's a different species of avocado and they taste a little different. Yeah. So. And it does you, you know, an enormous pit. People, yes, it does have still an enormous pit. We used to have a, a tree of those uh, in our house uh, or, you know, in our yard. And, like, uh, we kept a dog in the backyard, too. And mm-hmm. we were always afraid that an avocado was going to, like, fall and, and just, like, crush the, her head. The dog, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you can but get also, a- you know, one would fall and then we'd, like, look out there and the dog would be like. You can also get four breadfruit for 80 bucks. A whole jackfruit, just the jackfruit by itself for 90 bucks. And let's I've see what else do they have. Fruit. 
Uh, Starfruit. <laughs> you can get Starfruit for sixty bucks. Some of these you can actually you can go to you can go to your local Kroger or Dylan's and get a Starfruit. I've had Starfruit, but only as like kind of a garnish on like mm-hmm. a fancy mm-hmm. like sorbet or something like that. Yeah. The tropical lime box. Uh, how many do you get in here? It doesn't 12. say. It is 13. a doesn't oh three pounds three pound box of limes for fifty bucks. That I mean that's fine, but you can get limes here. Yeah. I, I will say this: like if you are running like a fancy restaurant, or you're mm-hmm. just someone who like really cares about fruit flavors, um, which I am, but I'm not rich. Um, it's like I can see it because you know. When I moved to the U.S., like, there are things, like, the things that you get here in the U.S. are usually not as good because they were probably grown. Like, if you th- if you think about the climate, they were probably grown in Florida or California. Florida is barely tropical, and California is mm-hmm. not, is, like, basically already temperate, right? So, it it's hot enough, but it might not be humid enough, or in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. So, Crazy you know, enough. Yeah, well, yeah, in Florida, <laughs> you have to you have to keep people from riding up on alligators with shotguns. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Florida, but that's what I heard it's like. Um and this is just Disneyland. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, it's like I found that like, you know, when I buy an avocado here, I'm like not expecting it to be hugely flavorful. Sometimes yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. But yeah, so if these guys are send if these guys are shipping you a rambutan from like wherever they're from, then yeah, maybe it'll actually be really good and it'll be a good eating experience. But also, I don't need sixteen pounds of there you go of lychee. Uh, also, speaking of Florida and things that you don't think are fruit, you can buy a Florida corn box, a oh. small a small three pound box of Florida corn for fifty bucks. Here's their description: Corn's just amazing. It's also known as maize. It was domesticated by indigenous people in Mexico over 7,000 years ago. I, I mean, I appreciate that, I guess, because you go to that website, right? And you're yeah. like, I don't I don't know what a durian is. And they yeah. explain to you a yeah, durian that's, like that's you're a true. little baby. Yeah. So why wouldn't they do that with everything else, right? Yeah. It's like, and oh, dur- durian durian sang hungry like is, the wolf. Is corn that's a vegetable, maybe. a grain, or a fruit? This is a great answer for your trivia games, exclamation point. Corn sometimes is eaten as a grain. Sometimes it's consumed as a vegetable. But the smart people in the botany world, you know, the ones that know about this stuff, classify it as a fruit. How about that? They do? That's, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, the, that's what this corn, website says. Corn is a fruit. Well, the kernels of the corn are fruit. Yeah, it's classified because, as a fruit. Oh, is it because you eat the flesh? Is that yeah. why? Okay. Yeah. Tomatoes, green peppers, cucumbers, zucchinis, and other squashes are also fruits. So there you go. Oh, okay. uh, again, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, sign up today or else I'm going to talk about uh, the hot tropical fruit uh, next week. And I don't mean hot in your mouth. I mean, like the hot sellers taste like the exotics fruit box. I mean, I feel like we have a new segment for the show. I don't know I what people so. are complaining Maybe. about. Maybe. Create we your own exotic like a, fruit box. Breadless uh, can, bread plate. 189 reach out, Reach out to us, uh, the yeah, company. This, yeah, the company that we're talking about who just yeah. so happens to be listening. You can become a sponsor of one of our upcoming shows. Yeah. For as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Like, I will, if you if you start sending me my maize and, <laughs> and lychee and stuff, I will do an unboxing. There you go. 
All right, that's where we're going to wrap it up this week. Thank you so much, everybody. Next week, we are back to talk Thorgal or Thorgal, uh, the first volume Thorgal. of this, yeah, because was, uh, uh, Lagnus, Lagnus demanded it. And because we don't read enough Euro comics, apparently, says our all of our European listeners. We will talk about Thorgal next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king sign throwing soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.